a code red for humanity, curb emissions and dramatically reduce consumption or face a world that is fundamentally different. When Kermit the Frog sang, it's not easy being green. I want you to know that he was wrong. He was wrong. There is no planet B. There is no planet blah. Blah, 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 blah. It is unequivocal that human activities are responsible for climate change. If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero Carbon East Hall. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista, Series 3, The Sky's the Limit. I'm Ian Collins and welcome to the undisputed leader in the world of green-based messaging. Many try to emulate but usually fail spectacularly and there's a good reason for that. Our man at the wheel is the entrepreneur, campaigner and lifelong environmentalist, Dale Vince. Dale, morning. Morning, Ian. Thanks for that intro. It's all right, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, we have, well, why not? Because, I mean, it's been a busy week. I mean, let's start with the energy price rise. Uh, I mean, we do obviously get emails. And, and by the way, thank you to everybody who emails questions. It, it's been a, sort of a record. I think the old phrase was post bag. Um, <laughs> yeah, used to be, record, it? record post bag uh, this week, which is fantastic. But keep them coming in. Um, on that is energy price rise. Well, it's your fault, isn't it? You own an energy company. Just drop the price. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's, it's been a mad few weeks and months on this, isn't it? but yesterday was a, was a bonkers day. Ofgem brought forward the announcement of the April 1st price cap rise to time with uh, an announcement by Rishi Sunak in, um, I'm putting inverted commas around this, help that he was going to give to energy bill payers. Yeah, the whole thing went mad on media. I got up at five o'clock to join Radio 5 and just did stuff all day until half past nine last night, which is just bonkers. And, and you, know, you have to get up at four o'clock if it's Radio 4. <laughs> Maybe I'm definitely not doing Radio One, right? <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> so, but but look, but look, why not? Because you know, it's what's happening is shocking, and and the announcement made by Rishi, I, I you know, I was I was pissed off actually. You know, he stood up in the comments and he said, "Oh, it would be dishonest of me to stand here and pretend that prices don't have to go up." Two things, right? One, that's exactly what the government had been saying for the last five months of this crisis, that you know prices don't have to go up, we're protecting you, blah, blah, blah. In the process, they bankrupted half the energy market, racked up costs of 4 billion quid for energy company failures, which are going to be added back onto bills for all of us. Second thing to say is actually government could do something about it. Prices don't have to go up like this because so, government could step in. No, I was just going to say, because that is the question, you know, that when the government say, well, look, you know, we've got a, there's a green levy attached to it. You wouldn't, I, I assume, want to get rid of that. There's VAT, which maybe they could or should, frankly, get rid of. It's not a luxury item after all. Is it just that? Well, yeah, this is what I was going to say. Look, government have got a couple of options. Firstly, there's 9 billion of tax on our energy bills, 300 pounds per household per year. They could take that away. They are part of the problem. Secondly, they could have a windfall tax on the North Sea sector. We've been saying this for weeks. 20 billion has been made in the North Sea uh, due to excess wholesale prices. These are windfall profits. And actually, just yesterday, same day as all this blew up, Shell announced that their profits had risen, I don't know, 12, 14 fold to 15 billion, just to make oh. the point, you know? So well, hang on, let's spare a moment for the boys over there at Shell. You know, this is, these are tough times. Uh, yeah, Boris Johnson's <laughs> answer to the windfall tax, which was voted down on Wednesday, is that the North Sea operators are struggling. And my answer to that is, what are they struggling with? Carrying all of that cash 
I mean, my God, I don't think he knows what struggling means, you know. To Boris Johnson, struggling is living with John Lewis furniture, you know, or finding somebody willing to stump up 800 quid for a roll of his wallpaper. That's struggling for <laughs> Boris Johnson. Yeah. Millions of people can't afford to pay their energy bills. So the Chancellor stands up with this fake, oh, I'm going to be honest with you now. And then all of the newspapers reported what he what he offered as a, as a rebate or a discount on the energy bill. But it's a £200 loan, the most ridiculous thing you can imagine. The government have left £300 of tax on our energy bills and they're going to lend us 200 quid to help us pay it. Fantastic. And it doesn't kick in until October when the price cap goes up again and the total rise will be £1,000. So Rishi's going to lend us 200 quid to help us with a £1,000 price yeah. rise. Fucking brilliant. And that could <laughs> that should be under his banner on his uh, latest <laughs> policy estate, says Ecotricity's Dale Vince. Uh, I'm just thinking, though, Dale, I mean, it's you and I can stand at the sidelines going, windfall tax, Richie, windfall tax, man. What's wrong with you? Let, let's assume they're, in their world they're right. That they, what is their reasoning? Or is there no reason? Well, like I said, Boris Johnson claims the North Sea sector is struggling. But that doesn't make any sense. All they're doing is struggling to count the money because, you know, there was at least 20 billion has been made in the North Sea through this crisis. And that's the, the same 20 billion, more or less, that is missing in the retail sector. So, you know, we can just adjust that, move from one side to the other. But it's even worse than that. Yesterday, I read that the government have just given a tax break to bankers worth a billion pounds a year. They've, they've cut their tax. So they won't cut tax on energy. They won't tax the North Sea sector. They will give a tax break to bankers. What the f***? And this is why I'm so angry about it, you know? <laughs> it's sound it, and it's good. I mean, this is right to be angry, but you, you kind of – I mean, is there enough opposition as well on this? Because are, are we hearing enough from the other side? Because what you're saying, Keir Starmer should be saying, right? Yeah, maybe without the expletives. <laughs> sure, well, I don't mind if he does e either way. But, you know, we, we seem to have a – because he's also trying to play a kind of almost Blairite game in, in not upset – he doesn't want to be seen as Jeremy Corbyn. So is he holding back? Should he be getting more angry? Well, I don't think so. Well, but I don't know about the anger part, but look, uh, Labour have been very clear about the windfall tax. I think they talked about it again yesterday. They've also talked about taking VAT off of energy bills. I think we need to go further. But but here's another aspect to this, right? The government, uh, you know, are lending us 200 quid to help us pay for a £1,000 price rise. In that £1,000 is a £50 VAT windfall because as bills go up and VAT is left on there, VAT goes up. The government yeah, are going to gain 50 quid, lend us 200 so we can we can meet a £1,000 price rise. I mean, yeah. it's just all kinds of wrong. Indeed. Well, uh, Green Julian on Twitter says, reference this scheme, can I opt out of this ridiculous government <laughs> energy loan scheme? I have no idea. Because they seem to be doing it on council tax bans or something. Uh, uh, deciding here's some money. Well, I'm assuming Green Julian might not want the money. And I think they're different things. There's a council tax rebate that's been announced as well, uh, up to band D. It's, it's 150 quid. But um, again, the government aren't putting any money in. They're going to make councils find the money somehow. I mean, which is just, you know, just staggering. But look, I don't know if you can opt out or not. We don't know how it's going to work. It's it's a very strange thing because the money's got to be paid back over a period of four or five years uh, by energy companies, by adding to energy bills. Um, so I imagine that that nobody can opt out because because otherwise you'll have anomalies where uh, a customer that hasn't had the loan is joining a company that's uh, you know automatically adding to everybody's bill to pay back the loan I, I don't really know but i'm not sure if the government really know honestly
Uh, let's just move on to another thing that's kept you busy this week, the ITV expose on animal treatment. Tell us more for those who haven't caught this, Dad. It's, it's barbaric stuff for the yeah. part of listening. <laughs> yeah. we, had a, we had a big chat about this on, on your radio show yesterday, didn't we? And, and ITV broke the story on News at 10 on Wednesday night. It had to be News at 10 because the, the video footage was too shocking. So we spent six months doing an undercover uh, investigation at about five different hunt kennels. A few years ago, we exposed the fact that farm animals were being used to make electricity, cows, pigs, uh, fish even. We went out and got vegan certification just to make clear to everybody that we've never used that kind of energy in our mix. And that was like a big deal about three years ago. A few months ago, or early last year, somebody came to us and said, look, um, we think dogs are being used this way, and, and it starts with hunt kennels. So we uh, started the investigation, six months of undercover filming, and we found it was true. Uh, but we found much more than that. So we've got footage of you know dogs being shot and tossed into bins, uh, foxes, badgers, partridges, and then the most awful animal abuse uh, that you can uh, perhaps imagine, the callous attitude to animals, dead and alive, uh, by the people at these hunt kennels. A, a bunch of breaches of regulations by the looks of it. Um, yeah. We've been asked to pass the footage to the Welsh Government, and we've, ITV have suggested we send it to the police who have done that. And, um, yeah, and it kind of struck a chord, really. You know, I mean, this is just a few weeks after Big Dog Johnson intervened personally to save 200 dogs from the Taliban in Afghanistan. And, and meanwhile, over here, 6,000 dogs a year are bred by hunt kennels and shot, thrown yeah. in the bin, and used to make electricity. Fucking hell. I mean, you can't, you can't make it up, really, can you? I mean, I, I, many people might try to make um, the distinction between, you know, a carcass that has died and a whole industry that will always rest on the ultimate demise of the dog. And some of them don't even get that far because their puppies and their scene is not fit for purpose. So they're shot before mm. they've even began to have any kind of life. Yeah. I mean, to explain, there's a one-in-one-out policy with the pack of these hunts. So they breed uh, 6,000 puppies a year. The puppy's either good enough or it gets shot in the head. And if it is good enough, a dog of about five years old gets shot in the head instead, and the pack stays the same size. 6,000 dogs. It is like an industry. It's an unseen side of hunting. So it's exposed now, and, and it's got quite a, quite a reaction. We Indeed. We set up a crowdfunder uh, yeah. to, to raise money for more filming, and uh, we hit our target in 24 hours, which is pretty impressive. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, and you were matching that personally as well, weren't you? Yeah, that's right. I'm going to match it. Um, and we, yeah, so we're just going to do a bunch more. Good. Good. Yeah, we'll, we'll, come, we'll keep revisiting this story as well. Different issue altogether. Anna on Twitter, you were announced as an act on the bill at the Blue Dot Festival by BBC Six Music. Have you got an album out this year or something, says yeah, I? Not that I know of, but I'm, I'm liking the idea, the thought. I'll have to find some time and some creativity that I don't have. So uh, what happened there? Was, was somebody just reading off a list of something and your name crops up? I, I think I'm going uh, to the But Blue you're Dot not, uh, you're not, yeah, just, just to clarify, so it's, it's, an, I'm not an act. A, prese- well, a presenter. Maybe I am an act. Well, yeah, you could be. I mean, maybe it, it might not be singing. It could be magic, perhaps. You know, I don't know. Or ranting. That's my new thing this That's week. A good, well, you know, festivals like ranting now. I mean, it's all part of it, isn't it? If you go out and you know, give a rabble-rousing speech. Farage uh, style. Yeah, Farage style, yeah. The man who That's- I'm having a beer with soon as well. Are you really? Yeah, apparently. Are you going on his TV show? Yeah, they reached out and said, would I like to have a beer with Nigel Farage? And I thought, well, 
you know what? I, I might accept that. Well, I have. I will. I did. I've had a beer with Nigel Farage. Have um, you? Yeah. And, and like all people that you, you think, am I going to like this? You know when people are just likable and mm, you're yeah. hoping they're not? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, because <laughs> – and it used to happen when I was working in, in Westminster. I'd, I'd meet uh, MPs and I'd think, oh, I, I can't wait to meet you know this MP or that MP because they've been really great. I've loved them since I was a kid or whatever. And you discover they were an asshole. And then the people that you thought were going to be an arsehole were actually really nice. And isn't that the strange thing of life, I guess? Well, that will be really interesting because I, I don't have a high opinion of him, to be fair. Well, we'll see what happens when you uh, have a tatar tate over a pint. Um, yeah. Talking of arseholes, Boris Johnson <laughs> takes a private jet instead of a three-hour train journey. Again. Has he not learned any lessons here? <laughs> it's all Honestly. about the optics, Prime Minister. What is a bit uh, and- more than that? And the cost, you know, here we've got millions of people can't afford their energy bills. We've got 8 million people in fuel poverty. I mean, yesterday, the Bank of England doubled the interest rate. That's the wholesale cost of money. There's no retail price cap. Banks and building societies pass that on straight away. Energy companies can't do that. There's all kinds of inconsistencies. You've got Liz Truss flying to Australia on a private jet at a cost of half a million pounds just to have a chat about dictators or something, as far as I can tell. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not just the environment, it's the cost as well. You know, we're living in really difficult times for millions of people, and I don't yeah. think the government gives a shit. Yeah, I think you, you're probably right on that. I think there's a, it's just, well, here's a, you know, she said in her defence, well, that's what the jet's for. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's okay. what money's for, isn't it? Spending, that's what she means. Yeah, mean. I mean, that's so, I mean, not really the question. You're not really being asked a question, well, what is that jet for? I mean, that might have been what it used to be for, but we're now sort of in different times. And as the government that hosted COP26, you might think they would acknowledge that. Well, look, she's the same person that had lunch with an American ambassador, insisted on going to a private members club owned by a Tory donor, and it cost the taxpayer £20,000 for lunch. So, you know, she's, uh, she's got some uh, some issues, I reckon, when it comes to uh, status. You're, and, just, you're uh, just envious, Dale, that you're not lunching with Liz Truss. <laughs> you get Farage, not Truss. You see, that's... <laughs> and, and, and a few years ago, she wrote something about how civil servants should treat public money like it's their own and they should fly, get this, economy, not business. And she goes yeah. and flies private, not yeah. eco- not business. I mean, come on. all kinds. I mean, the government is full of fools, hypocrites, and liars, as far as I yeah. can see. Daft old tit, as Minam would have said. Here's one from Carl who says, I found your commentary on the energy crisis eye-opening. It's led me to your social media and then to the podcast. Um, Who's to blame for this mess? The regulator, the government, Putin or the world or something else? Yeah, I mean, it's the government, right? Because the government runs the regulator. The regulator has a hand in this, absolutely. Uh, But it's the government, ultimately. You know, we've, we've had no real energy policy for at least a decade. The regulation of the energy market has become casino-like. You know, we've allowed all kinds of people in just to take punts and gambles in the name of more competition. And then the regulator has gone and underwritten those gambles so that when it all goes wrong, the people making the gambles or benefiting from the gambles, they don't pay. The people that don't gamble pay. That's the rest of us. You know, that's where this four billion is. You know, it's coming back to bite people that didn't take a gamble. And, um, you know, at the same time, the government have done nothing since August when the crisis began. They're still doing nothing. They won't do anything until next October, 14 months later. And then it's going to be to lend us some cash so we can pay inflated energy bills with huge tax bills on them as well. You know, I mean, yeah, it's a government. That's my answer. Other countries around the world who are experiencing something similar, um, is it fair to say it, it's similar but not the same? Yeah, look, we're simply world class, aren't we? Whether you're talking the energy crisis or the pandemic, nobody gets it wrong better than we do. 
Let's just take a moment. I, th- I thought it was incredible. The Tranmere uh, Rovers match where they played meat-inspired, kind of the pre-match playlist before they played Forest Green was all meat-based. Is that right? Well, so meatloaf uh, and things like that. Yeah, yeah, apparently. I didn't hear it because I got to the game just to kick off and I just didn't notice it, even if they were playing it while I was there. I read about it the next day because the sun slaughtered them for it. All kinds of puns you can imagine from the yeah, sun, yeah. like mistake spelled out after the <laughs> sli- slice of cow, you know, and, and something about the vegan team making mincemeat of, of tramway and that kind of stuff. Well, that was the funny thing, because clearly they were trying to take the pee and go, oh, look, this is the world's <laughs> yeah, first right. vegan football club. They do funny pies and they wear strange shirts and they're building this stadium of bamboo and shells or something. And they thought, oh, we'll have the last laugh here. And then you whopped them 4-0. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> It was a bit of an own goal, really. It was a little bit, wasn't it? Here's one from Mark. Uh, It says, long-time Ecotricity customer, um, became aware of the podcast in December. We've now caught up. Do the gas pipes on our road need to be upgraded to potentially start getting biogas? Uh, No, actually. I mean, that's the beauty of the plan. Nothing has to change. We don't have to change our boilers, our cookers, our pipes, the national gas grid. Nothing has to change. And that's why it stand out better than the heat pump program whereby we have to throw all of that stuff away, which is a hideous environment kind of waste, and uh, install new heat pumps, uh, upgrade the grid, use more electricity, build more windmills and that kind of stuff. You know, That's why it'll cost $300 billion to pursue the government's heat pump plan or $30 billion to pursue our green gas plan. Andy on Twitter, with this campaign, you've converted me and other Tranmere fans. We're behind you. I don't know which campaign he's referring to. I think it's the animal campaign. Oh, so, okay. So yeah, that would make what, sense. Yeah, yeah. What I heard is that a bunch of Tranmere fans have uh, lobbied the club's owners on social media to yeah. uh, allow them to help fundraise for our further investigations, which I just think is is brilliant. Yeah. Um, I want to thank everybody for that. And, um, you know, I just touched by that. Yeah, moved by that. This from Chris Evers. Uh, wait times are super long right now on the ecotricity phone lines. What is going on, Dale? <laughs> it's a good question, and I've answered it a couple of times on social media. Yeah, we'll try answering the phone. That would. That would, that would. <laughs> as soon as I get off here, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> I, li- I like the idea. Do you, re- do you remember multicolored swap shop back in the day? And they yeah. would have a big kind of like call center almost with dozens of people answering calls from very excited kids. And every now and again, Noel himself would go in there and answer one. Yeah. So, you know, a big moment. Is Noel Edmonds going to answer your call? I like the idea that you do that as well, that once in a while you stroll into the the, the sort of phone area yeah, and pick one up. Hi, everybody. Nice, I'm Dale. Nice the yeah. Dale. Do you say that? <laughs> <laughs> so, look, our problems are this. Um, we started the pandemic swapping from one major system to another. We were already doing that when the pandemic started, I should say, and that really knocked us off track and it's taken forever to finish the job. It's finished in a few more weeks now. That was one problem. Then we had to send everybody to work from home, of course. That was a big logistical uh, problem. I think we've overcome that in terms of uh, efficiency and that kind of stuff. And then more recently, it's really hard to recruit people. Our contact center is running at about 50% capacity in terms of people. And then at the same time, we've got an energy crisis and lots of bill shock and people are contacting us more than ever before. So we've got this unholy combination of a lot more uh, contacts and and much less ability to deal with it. It's temporary, though. We think within a couple of months we'll be on top. So, And and I, I, you know, in fairness, I I constantly hear this, doing radio shows around areas that are struggling for staff and all the like. And this seems to be one area that is affecting lots of industries. Yeah. Yeah, it is a problem. 
Uh, final one from Thomas, uh, who sent this to zerocarbonista at ecotricity.co.uk. And remember, I'll say it again. Thank you to everybody. Who's just, I mean, this week's just been mad on people sending in questions, um, mad in a great way, and it's fantastic. And keep them coming in, whether it's about Forest Green Rovers, whether it's about ecotricity, whether it's about Boris Johnson, Liz Truss's plane, the overarching environmental agenda, anything at all. And he says this, I grew up in Stroud. I've been watching and listening to you a lot recently. Please keep fighting the fight. As simple as that. Nice one. Thank you, Thomas. Here, we forgot to mention the Forest Green Rovers sub. We did, Yes, we haven't done the, the, the sub. This is the, as in sandwich. Let's tell us, tell us about the sub. Yeah, we've had an email from somebody in the US and uh, they went down to their local pub and in the middle of North Carolina and they found something on the menu called the Forest Green Rover and it's um, amazing sounding sandwich, all vegan, of course. And uh, he tried it. He read about the club and now he says he's, he's a fan of the club and... Uh, <laughs> which is just brilliant so you have your own sandwich as well uh, yeah. and, I, and it's I, recruiting people for us yeah there's no meat you in know? the sandwich we assume no no definitely not it's definitely yeah. vegan definitely. good work uh dale have a good week uh we'll speak in a week's time nice one thank you ian and that's it for this episode don't forget of course you can follow the podcast from your podcast provider uh the great thing about that is you get each new episode automatically great if you can leave a review there as well if you want to get in touch you can email your comments zero at ecotricity.co.uk and do make sure you follow dale on social media that's twitter.com slash dale vince or facebook.com slash dale vince Zero carbon east off.